this is Ruth L. Snyder, and you are listening to Choices from Struggle to Strength. Today, I'm very happy to have Graciela with me. She says you can call her Grace if you'd like. Welcome, Graciela. Thank you, Ruth. I'm so happy to be here. And Grace is just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about and why. Hmm. So I am passionate about a lot of things, but I feel like at the core of my passion is hope and letting people know that they're not hopeless, even when they think they are and understanding how hope shows up and how it just transforms and propels us. That's at the core of like everything else. So hope would be the one thing. That's wonderful. We all need hope, don't we? Mm-hmm. That's right. So share a story about the difficult event or events in your life that you've experienced. So we would be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the biggest lesson for me was waiting. Eek! I cringe because we all hate to wait. Mm. And in in the land of you know, technology and in the land of updates and upgrades and things constantly coming at us, we are so used to the immediacy of it all mm-hmm. that waiting becomes, it, it's just horrifying. We don't want to wait. And so I was six, literally the first time I said, I don't want to live in Puerto Rico forever. I want to move to the States. Mm. Yet it wasn't until I was 27 that I made the move. And so that 20 year gap was horrifying, dramatic, toxic, all these other things and learning how to really be productive in the waiting Mm. was the biggest lesson. And of course, you know, faith crisis and um, I was catfished. (laughs) Um, and so toxic relationship after toxic relationship, Mm. um, you know, toxic home environment, all of those things piling up. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, not really doing what I wanted, which was pack up my bags and get out. Mm -hmm. That was crushing for Mm. so long. Um, and, and realizing how to be productive in the meantime. So I wanted to learn the language. So I became an English major, so on and so forth. Mm. And then once I made it, I was also, you know, faced with a lot of other truths, like, well, now what, now you're here, what are you going to do? So we all, we all struggle. And, and it was a huge lesson to wait. Do you like to wait? I don't like to wait. (laughs) And we find out when we pray for patience, we get tribulation. So (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And I didn't hear that like until 10 years after I was praying for patience. <laughs> and then somebody said that and I'm like, what? I've been doing it wrong forever. <laughs> and so that was a huge lesson too. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit more about what it's like to, you lived, you grew up in Puerto Rico and oh. Tell us why you wanted to move to the United States and what that journey was like for you, because most of us haven't had to go through that. So 
it's a great question because in Puerto Rico we we are immersed in the English language from pre-K to senior year. It's not an elective, right? Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about the island is that we are not an independent republic or a country. We are a Commonwealth of the United States. We have the US dollar. We have mm -hmm. tourists all around because it's a beautiful island. And there's that immersion into the English language. Uh, for some of my friends, for example, who grew up with cable and they would go to Disney every year or they had family in the States, that was great for others like myself, didn't have cable, didn't have family in the US, didn't ever come to Disney until I was like 18, so on and so forth. It was an idealization. And I think a lot of us in the island grow up with that ideal of if we are struggling here, the U.S., you know, it must I be mean, better there. Yeah, the, the, the American dream with the white picket fence and, and you grow up romanticizing these things, which is another toxic aspect, right? Like we mm -hmm. shouldn't be romanticizing anything because mm -hmm. it's not realistic. And so I growing up in an unsafe environment that we don't need to get into. Mm -hmm. Every single time I thought of running away or changing my life, it was always, well, where else am I going to go? Right. I want to go to the States, right? Like what's around the river bend? It's the U.S., right? Uh -huh. And I grew up, um, my grandfather was part of that political Democrat party in Puerto Rico that's like pro-statehood. So that was very present in our lives I would go visit my grandmother and there were like mugs with Bush and I don't know who else and the American flag and my grandpa was a veteran from the Vietnam War so you know mm -hmm. growing up with these little hints it's like well if this is crappy that must be heaven right. and it was instant for me mm. and then I had my my third grade I was going to say three-year-old my third grade English teacher was American, blonde, blue-eyed, beautiful. Didn't know didn't know Spanish. So her class was like full on immersion. Mm. And I just thought, I, I just want to be like her. Mm. I want to learn the language. So the language was the first thing really. Mm. Um, nobody else spoke it in my family and I just wanted to speak it. Mm. And it became kind of an obsession, you know, a good one. <laughs> <laughs> right because here we are yes. and and I made it my mission I just didn't realize it was going to take so long mm -hmm. that was the worst is okay, that answer your question yeah <laughs> good so was there a particular time I'm sure there were several times in that 20 year span where you knew that you had to make a choice but was there one specific choice that stands out to you as something that was like a game changer? I would definitely say majoring in English hmm. because I could have done so many other things. Growing up, I wanted to be a vet, right? Because I liked animals and I grew up with chickens and ducks and dogs and um, I had rabbits in my bedroom. And it's like, you know, I was very, uh, my family was really open with those kinds of pets. I couldn't have a turtle though, no reptiles allowed, but uh, I had a pet goose sleeping in my bedroom so I wanted to be a vet at one point as soon as I realized all the work that goes into it I was like no, that's not for me and I wanted to be a lawyer once in a while 
and then realized that I wanted to have a life. <laughs> and so I'm not going to go to law school. I want to have a life. And English was just so natural. You know, when I was a senior and I had my applications in front of me, I was like, well, what am I passionate about? And English literature was, was just like a, a, a no brainer for me and doing a minor in film, mm. you know, not having cable. I learned a lot of my English and my conversational English through movies. So I had a ton of VHS and all of this. And I knew these conversations by heart. I still do that. And so <laughs> like, I'll learn the dialogues, right? Even when I don't mean to. And so it was, if I hadn't majored in English, who knows, right? I might even still be in the island um, or my life would have just taken a different turn, but majoring in English just gave me even a deeper understanding of the language and the culture. And, you know, I was very productive professionally speaking because I tutored in English okay. and I got published while I was in college. And so all of it in English. So at least I had that, mm -hmm. even though I was stuck in the island. Um, and I feel like that was that productivity and resourcefulness that now I get to, you know, coach people through, mm -hmm. even, even when they're stuck, there's a lot that can be done until they accomplish what they want to accomplish. So I bring all of this history into my work every day. Mm. So you've mentioned some strengths that you have gained from your struggle. Is there anything else? How has it made you a stronger person? Hmm. I just feel like understanding that hope was the thing became an open door for more things. So for example, um, July 4th of 2021, I get a call or an invitation uh, from our church for me to talk about hope in Christ. And at this point in my life, I had no idea what the research was. I had never thought about hope. I had never really attached it to my upbringing or personality or journey. And they invite me to give this talk. And so, okay, fine. I do my little research. Let's talk about hope in Christ. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. But then it was like, well, obviously I need to go deeper and, and find out more. And I was so pleasantly surprised to find hope as a topic in all of my journals, in so many of my, of my poems. And it's like, I've been talking about this forever. And I feel like realizing that as a concept that I have somehow attached myself to just opened up the struggle to become a strength because then I designed, you know, the hope series, which has been featured in organizations and I get to coach people through it. And it's just the best to talk about <laughs> hope every day. <laughs> it's interesting that there are threads in our journeys and sometimes we don't realize what they are until something like that happens. Right. Right. And now I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same for everyone. We're just not maybe at that level to understand and to see things with perspective, but it was such a joy to realize oh, I've been talking about this forever. And it's not just about hope in Christ. It's about all these other things. And it was just refreshing. And, you know, now this is what I do. 
Hmm. And my theme is similar. It's gratitude. Yes. We have hope in Christ, so we can be grateful every day, right? Yes. Yes. And I love that you bring that up because that was one of my biggest surprises too, that the American Psychological Association in their research actually says the ultimate mindset for a hopeful person is gratitude. And I was like, ding, 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 this is it. (laughs) So, you know, yeah. And, and to know as well, it, it filled me with joy to know that it doesn't matter the background or the religion or the socioeconomic mm-hmm. status. Hope applies to all. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to coach anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to um, assist and to serve regardless of all of those, you know, backgrounds or colorful aspects of our personalities or, or upbringing. Right. I feel like hope is the thing for all. We just don't recognize it yet. Once we do, it's like it opens up your vision to, well, what else is out there? What else can I do? What else can I create? Where else can I go? And I feel like I did it in that 20 year span, not knowing what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. once everything clicked together, I was like, so grateful. I I felt stuck in the island and I was so mad about it. So mad. But (laughs) once I tracked it back to hope, I was like, Oh, I see it now. Now I get it. It all makes sense. A light bulb went on. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so you've talked about coaching. Is that the only door that's opened because of what you've gone through or what other doors have or opportunities have presented themselves because of your journey? When people ask me, like, how do I define success? For example, mm-hmm. Success for me is having a conversation in English. Yes. So I'm already successful because my six-year-old self is so happy, right? <laughs> and to be able to understand it, like I was a senior in high school the first time I heard a song on the radio and didn't have to look up the lyrics to understand it. Like I understood everything and mm-hmm. I'll never forget that day because the joy I felt, I was like, I get it. I get what he's singing and I don't have to go to Google to, to find the lyrics or to the little liner notes. Right. Cause I don't even remember if we had Google back then, but mm-hmm. that was a huge moment. And so everything up, every other opportunity has been an added blessing. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And so I moved to the state um, in a toxic relationship. And so that happened, but I, I've been a performer forever. I'm the daughter of a musician and we all, you know, we grew up in that musical background. And when I moved to Orlando, I was like, well, this is where the magic happens, right? Isn't that what they say, (laughs) Orlando, you know? That's what they say. (laughs) Right. And so I, I can sing, what can I find? Where can I sing? And so I joined the caroling company. So every Christmas I dress up in Victorian clothes and I sing at like malls and private parties and stuff like that. And that's a huge opportunity. That's fun. I wouldn't have, it is super fun, (laughs) super corny too, but it's fun. Um, (laughs) You know, all of those opportunities that I just wouldn't have really targeted or even known I could do if I didn't have that vision or Mm -hmm. the hope of, you know, fear of the unknown is huge. We all go through it, but I feel Mm -hmm. like when someone is very objective about the hope that they have, 
mm-hmm. they do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? There's a confidence aspect that comes into play. And so I auditioned for it and I got it and I got into real estate and that's where I met my now husband. So every mm-hmm. single opportunity in the journey has just, again, we could be here all day talking about it. <laughs> I read a quote yesterday that said, don't be, don't fear failure, fear not living life to the fullest. Yeah, right. Fear the missed opportunity, mm-hmm. I feel like, because if you don't try it, then how are you going to know? Right. And, and I did a lot of sampling. I call it sampling. I was a teacher and I did not like that. And I quit mid-year. I was like, I went out, I, I went away on spring break and literally when I never I was, came back, <laughs> never came back. I called my principal and I was like, everything in my classroom, you can just donate it. I'm not coming back, you know, and that's a sample, right? It was like less than a school year, but it just, it wasn't for me. And if I was afraid, I would have stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't healthy for me. I was going to bed at two in the morning to wake up at 4.30 days at a time. Oh yeah, it was like physically not healthy. And if I was afraid of failure, I would have stuck with it. And maybe I would make a great teacher. Now we're never going to know. <laughs> <laughs> but you're busy doing other things, so. Well, I get to teach though, right? But, you know, I remember being a literature major and thinking I don't want to teach in high school or in school, Mm. you know, most English majors graduate to go into education or they do a minor in education and then they become English teachers, especially in Puerto Rico. They're so needed, right? Because every single school has an English teacher for all great levels, right? So if I was afraid of failure, I would have probably not really dreamed big. And I would have been like, well, this is what everyone does. So let me, let me go do this, even though it doesn't resonate or soul align. And, and I would have been stuck, but taking the risk, doing it anyway, even with the failure, I mean, that call was really embarrassing and, mm-hmm. and I'm a quitter and, you know, I couldn't even finish the school year. And what are people going to think? And what are my parents going to say? And it's a lot, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like, no it's not for me. And there's other things out there. So when I quit that, that's when I said, well, let's go into real estate. Mm. Um, While I was in college, I was an Avon lady. So, and I loved it. (laughs) So I was used to selling and, you know, pushing product and Mm -hmm. that aspect of sales and whatnot. And so I was like, let's just go into real estate because, well, I want to work for myself. And that just seemed like a great way to go. And I didn't know at the time that it was going to lead me to this relationship now. And Mm -hmm. so everything, there's a plan there. There's a plan. God doesn't waste anything, does he? That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Do you have any advice for other people who may be in the middle of Maybe they feel like they're in limbo waiting for their dream to become real, or maybe they are waiting to emigrate or something like that. What advice would you offer them? I would advise them to reach out so I can gift them because it's free. My hope series journal. And the thing about the journal is that it's a 31 day you know, journey of 
targeting your goal. So like you said, waiting for this or waiting for that or whatever. And then little by little, every day, little promptings that ask you things like, what can you do today to get one step closer? That may be research. Okay, right. well, then today we're going to do research. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow it may be, well, I need to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Well, then today we're going to make that phone call. And it's like little by little, there's so much power in every step of the way we are just for some reason not conditioned to understand that the steps matter right like somehow the big picture we see the elephant and we forget that the way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time or the way to get to america is one step at a time or whatever right exactly that's right and you know i was stuck in puerto rico and very stuck. I mean, I had a car accident and I lost my job and I lost everything. And I was back at my parents at 26. That was super depressing. Um, And, you know, little by little, every step of the way it was, well, I need to apply for a job Mm -hmm. where I need to make a phone call. Well, now I need to buy a plane ticket. And that's when it became really real. Well, now I need to find a town car to pick me up. Now I need to pack my things. It's like every step of the way. And when we don't acknowledge the steps, also, we don't see the blessings along the way. Right. Right. And I feel like our, um, again, taking it back to the immediacy of it all and the cultural aspect of technology and how fast things move, Mm -hmm. we have an idea today and expect it to become a reality tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, that unrealistic hope is self-sabotage it is because when it doesn't happen tomorrow what do you do well i suck at it or i must not be good at this or this must not be for me or this person did it so quick and it's taking Mm -hmm. me forever i must be doing something wrong and it's like where like you said one bite at a time well one day at a time is Mm -hmm. huge Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you're doing Um, and then practice of course because I suck at cooking. So if I were to judge myself on the first try, I would never cook, right? You know, I'll be in spaces with you and forget the salt and things like that. And and if I were to judge myself because of every mistake, then I wouldn't show up the next day and Mm -hmm. it all gets blended together. And this is where people really get stuck and like the helplessness and the hopelessness of it all and it's just sad. And I want people to understand that there is hope in the journey and that little by little, we can make huge things happen. Sometimes that first step feels like jumping off a cliff though. I know. Well, <laughs> this is, I feel like where community comes into play yes. and, and having the right support. And I feel like people who are well-positioned with healthy relationships and a supportive, you know, circle of family and friends, they may not need community. They may not need coaching because they have that already. However, those that don't have any of that need to objectively look for community and support because it really does take a village. And I get it that spirituality is huge, but it's not huge for everyone. And not everyone is in tune with the spirit. 
And so when I don't hear the spirit, you best believe I'm going to tap into my community for the support that otherwise I could get from spirit, right? So on and so forth. But people, not everyone thinks the same. And so having the right support and, and the right community is key. We support each other. We cheer each other on. Mm-hmm. We lift each other when one of us is struggling. And if we don't have that, I mean, if anybody has succeeded on their own, I would love to meet them right. <laughs> and shake their hand and ask, how did you do it? <laughs> because it's probably not true. No. And it's, it's no. more fun in community too. <laughs> right. Yes. More things get accomplished, I feel like. And it just, there's more value when we do things in community. Um, And I think coaching is huge for that. You know, I host a support group every week with a co-ed, it's a co-ed support group. And I have a male, you know, co-moderator. And if I didn't have him as my support to run the group, I might not even show up, right? Because, you know, being there to support a a, a community, um, how can we say it? Just a community in need, right? Like survivors of domestic violence and whatnot is very triggering. It can be, you know, you just never know what people will bring to the table and having him as someone I can, you know, just like in spaces, having that co-host that you can trust Mm-hmm. And so you can really rely on to hold the fort while, you, you know, back. you are, the, mm-hmm. yeah, while you're the one struggling is key. And I didn't grow up in a safe environment and I experienced failure after failure in relationships because mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a good foundation to begin with. Right. And then years later, finding someone who, I'm not saying we are 100% healthy, but who is in line with doing the work, communicating, trying our hardest and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to do life alone. Right. Obviously. Right. And so, and I wouldn't be here without my community and without not, I'm not talking about clients, but as a content creator, my followers are my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And the hope series actually came about because I posted about my little talk about hope in Christ. And I was like, should I make this into a series? And they all voted yes. And I'm like, well, now I need to figure this out. <laughs> and so I, guess I have my work cut out for me now. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I need to keep researching because I don't even know what the hope series is. And so without that community, none of it would have happened. And it just, you know, it, it becomes this back and forth support and it's just beautiful. Right. And if it ever goes away, I might die, but (laughs) you know, I'll go to my husband and I I might be like, you're not enough. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking, but it's just beautiful to do things together and collaborate. And these are terms that are not new. They're just buzzwords now. Right. right? But we've been doing things in community forever Mm -hmm. and, and taking advantage of that. I feel like opens the door as well, because there's something called borrowed hope. And when I am at my lowest, I mean, when I say I, but I mean like in general, right? right. When you are at your lowest, mm-hmm. you tap into someone else's hope for you. 
-hmm. and you borrow a little bit of it. And mm -hmm. at the same time, when you fill your cup, you can lend out hope to others. And it just becomes this beautiful thing. And I just love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, I just, I just love my life. And I want everyone to be at that level, right? I want everyone to realize what the up, like the obstacles are. I was just talking about this yesterday, if I may, because, you know, we were in church and whatnot and I get it. We tend to attribute miracles and, and things like parting the seas to prophets and, and, you know, Jesus Christ. But I was like, you know, this may be my little comfort heart talking, but I feel like we all part the waters every single day when we overcome trauma and obstacles. And so I want everyone to be healed and, and to know that it's a journey, right? Like I, I posted on Twitter yesterday that you're not done healing. It never ends, right? Mm -hmm. Coming from the background, I came even in this healthy relationship, I have my triggers and I have my moments and codependency shows up with my toddler all the time and people pleasing, <laughs> right? Like I'll people please the toddler all day long to avoid a tantrum, but is it healthy, right? And so it just never ends. And for people to under, understand these things allows them to employ self-compassion and self-love and just all of these tools that we are not taught about them. But now that we know about it, let's be objective and be productive because the sky is the limit. It really is. I mean, I would love to go to the moon one day, but who knows? <laughs> there's always hope. <laughs> I know there's always hope. You just never know. I mean, Elon Musk might just show up one day and be like, you won the lottery, you're going. And I'd be like, yes, let's do it. You know, you just dreaming big. We, we are, we're just not conditioned to dream big because like you said earlier, it's like, how do I ever accomplish it? Bringing it back down to today. What can you do today? That's great. One step today, one step tomorrow. That's right. And they add up. Yep. Little by little. We just, we make strides, but little by little, it's like one drop in the ocean. We can throw all these cliches that we don't acknowledge. Oh, because it's a cliche. Well, have you ever actually paid attention about to it? it? Yes. Have you actually thought they're cliches for a reason, right? Because they're true and because they apply. So don't just disregard it because it's a cliche. It can be very powerful. And, you know, knowing that I am not hopeless and that even when I feel at my lowest, I am hopeful just by getting up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a mindset thing, right? Mm -hmm. It is. This is what I coach people through so that it's they a can choice. <laughs> yes, it's a choice. You make a choice. That's right. And then everything just flows. And if it's not flowing, then we can target why it's not flowing and figure mm -hmm. it out. It's all I still remember being thinking, I'll never be able to write a book. You know, articles are fine. Devotionals are fine. They're short. I can handle that. And then I stopped and thought about it, you know, going back to one step at a time. And I thought, well, you know, a book is made out of chapters. I can write something a chapter length. 
chapters are made of paragraphs, paragraphs are made of sentences, and sentences are written one, one word, word at a time. At a time. <laughs> That's right. And I remember that challenge as well, because being a published poet, it's like, well, how am I ever going to write a book, right? Because the poem, it's like oh, this much and so on and so forth. But then I looked back at my content. Right. And I looked back at these conversations and I look back at everything I say, like in coaching and, you know, public speaking and whatnot. And I'm like, it's all there. It's all, it's already written. I mean, even, even the Bible uses the word prepared so many times because it's all already there. Mm -hmm. We just need to be open and to mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. And it's a journey to get that vision, but it's really just hope. <laughs> you have hope, you have a vision. <laughs> and so <laughs> hope is the main ingredient, everyone. It really is. And it just, it really fills my heart. It's such a privilege to be, you know, even having this conversation and to talk about this on the daily, like to, to know that this is my life is the biggest blessing of it all. And at the same time, it's all an added bonus because we could just be here babbling. And if it's in English, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> well, you speak English very well. I, if I had to speak in Spanish, I would maybe have a few sentences and then I'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been a challenge actually. Um, because at this point or at this rate, I don't think in Spanish anymore, mm -hmm. right? I'm the only one bilingual in our family. So we speak English full time. Mm -hmm. And if I go two weeks without talking to my family in Puerto Rico, I'll go two weeks without ever speaking Spanish outside of the toddler, you know, conversation, which is very <laughs> limited. And I feel like even with him, he's three years old even with my child, it's not even conversational. It's not conversational yet. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of translating. It's like, this is it. And this is it. Here's the right. English, and here's the Spanish. So I'm not mm -hmm. really conversing. Mm -hmm. And if I were to coach the Hope series in Spanish, which I know I can, mm -hmm. but it might take me a day or two to really translate those terms and mm -hmm. to really be able to have that conversation as fluently as I'm having this one, because right. at this point, I don't, I no longer, you know, think in those terms. And so now that's the challenge <laughs> and it's not impossible, but could I block myself and say, I can't do that? Yes. I could definitely block opportunities by saying, well, I already wrote it in English. I'm not going to you know, translated because it's not going to sound natural or it may not even come off authentic or how do I even call, say mature hope in Spanish? Like, mm -hmm. you know, all of those blocks, if I were to be afraid or if I were to be insecure, I would not do them, mm -hmm. right? But I put it on my bio that I speak Spanish because I want people to know that if they want to message me in Spanish, I will understand, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that I could do these things in Spanish as well. So right. we limit ourselves and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for sharing with us today. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Ruth. So at SOM Coaching on Twitter. Um, this is the first time I use Twitter as the first option, by the way. It's, it's I'm there every day now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so at SOM Coaching from Song of Myself. And then on Instagram as well. I mean, you can find me on my website, but Twitter and Instagram are my main focus right now. So on Instagram, I am at songofmyself.ig. And then of course, Facebook, Song of Myself blog. It's it's Song of Myself throughout the board. So Song of Myself coaching. So yeah, on Twitter, on Instagram or Facebook would be the easiest way to just send me a DM or a comment that says, I want to get, you know, I want to get in touch with you and I will respond. Like, it's not like you have to wait forever. I'm very present in my online, you know, social media present because it's easy, right? We can do it while I'm cooking and then forget the salt. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> priorities, right? It's like, do I send the DM or do I pay attention to my cooking? I'll send the DM. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing your hope with us today. And I wish you all the best and look forward to continuing to work with you. Yay. Thank you so much, Ruth. I'm so excited to be in communication and to collaborate together. Thank you.